On the 23rd of June, we will be celebrating 1,000 episodes of Life Devotions. To commemorate this landmark moment, we will be doing a giveaway on Instagram. We will be giving away both of Pastor Robert's books and some other devotion-themed merch. So head over to Instagram to find out how to enter and be in with a chance of winning these awesome items. You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. Be faithful unto death is the title of this devotion. Here in Revelations chapter 2, Jesus is speaking to the seven churches. And I personally believe each letter has a word. There are seven letters from Jesus to the church. Each letter has a word for us. And I believe each letter has a word for every time we're in. Whatever the circumstances of life, you can see how the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to us in the different times of our life. I was ministering in Poland not too long ago near the Czech Republic, and there was a precious man there. Wow, what a beautiful man. And we had lunch together, together with all the other ministers that were there. And he had been imprisoned for, I think, 18 months in the Sudan and, and for his Christianity. And it was a horrific experience where he was in a cell that was big enough for two people with seven people. And just the whole thing was a horrific experience and he was sentenced to life. But okay, he was uh, able to get out um, by the different help of agencies and governments and so forth. But the meekness that I saw in that beautiful man who had suffered so horrendously in that, in that dark place, that evil prison, was so great, that meekness and humility and the absence of self, a truly crucified with Christ life. And I was overwhelmed sitting with that beautiful man and seeing the light of God shining from his face as he unashamedly bore witness of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in his heart. There was absolutely not an ounce of doubt in his heart of the living Christ, the living, resurrected, glorified Jesus living in him by the Spirit. It was phenomenal to watch it. And here, in one of the letters that Jesus writes to the church of Smyrna, it's interesting to hear this. Listen closely. Smyrna was a very affluential, affluence, am I saying it right? Affluence, prosperous, successful area, extremely prosperous and successful. Sometimes, friends, the places that are most successful and prosperous don't always have the same thought for God as maybe places of great suffering. And, and, and I'm not against prosperity because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father and God is happy for us to enjoy every good thing He's made. 
So I'm not against prosperity by any means. No, I'm grateful for it. And I believe God is the source of it, of every blessing. However, to live for it is where we sometimes make a wrong choice or to think that we'll be more successful in in that I believe personally that God can make you prosperous like Isaac in chapter 26 of Genesis. He was living in the in the land of Gerar in there in the promised land and and it was a drought and it was poor there so to speak because of the drought and everything and the Lord says stay here and I'll bless you here and he trusted God and obeyed and he had to work hard had to dig wells because there was no rain no water because of the drought and he would dig wells and, and all he would get the moment he broke through and found water he'd get strife and so much opposition you think the Lord says I will bless you here and all I have is this but Isaac kept going and kept going and kept going. And he would dig another well and another well and another well. And God made room for him and he became exceedingly prosperous. You read it there in Genesis 26. And God was in his success. So I do believe God is the one that is the source of true success, no matter where you are, what the conditions are. But here the Lord is writing to this church in Smyrna and where they're so prosperous, all the people that live there. And look what it says in verse 8 of Revelation 2. And the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. In other words, in the natural, you are in comparison to all the people you live around, really poor. But you're actually phenomenally rich in the heavenly realm. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. I know those people, they say they're of God, but they're so against you. And the nature they express does not come from me, but from the devil. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death, the title of this devotion, and I will give you the crown of life. Now he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Oh, what a phenomenal revelation that is, that last statement. Oh, praise the Lord. I know I'm going to be part of the first resurrection as it talks about in the scripture and the second death will not be able to touch me. Why not? Because you are faithful unto death. Every one of us, when it comes to this body, will experience death because this body is called a body of death in the scripture. I think that's Romans chapter seven, that the last part, verse 25 or so. This body is called the body of death. There is in the flesh, the nature of Adam, which has in it the sentence against his sin, because one man sinned, all die because of him, Romans five says so, or Romans six, and so, 
we all have that sentence of death in the flesh. And yet, because of the life of the Son of God in this earthen vessel, we live because of Him. We live. We are dead and buried with Him in water baptism, in the waterly grave, where we are baptized into His death, and we're risen with Him to newness of life, and that life is now given into us consistently through His indwelling presence. And yet we live in this body, and in this body, my friends, we all need to be faithful unto death. And that can come in different ways. You see, I die daily, the Apostle Paul says. Some of the circumstances he went through, he was suffering to the point of death, but he was faithful. He was faithful, and yet he survived. He says, I, I want you to know, let me read you this here. I want you to know, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse uh, 7 and 8, I think it is. Um, I want you to know about the hard times I went through in Asia. We were really crushed, overwhelmed, fear. We would never live through it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. But that was good for us. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us. For he can even raise the dead. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. And yes, we expect him to do it again and again. So yes, friends, we can all face death in some illness. And we, because we stay faithful to the point of death, bam, we break that barrier that otherwise would have stopped us. But because that faithfulness, we were able to break through that barrier. I believe some of you watching today, you are faced with a barrier and that barrier keeps saying to you, it's over, it's over, it's over. But you stay in faith. My father is God. My father loves me. My father is always with me. In him, I have life eternal. I am not afraid. I'm not afraid. Oh, what can men do to me? I will not be afraid. I will trust in the Lord. You're staying faithful unto death and you break that barrier as a witness to your children's children's children. Oh, how we need that kind of spirit of faith today, my dear friends. So let me bring you to the real point of this title. Yes, be faithful unto death, but death is friends in an interesting way experienced at times. You see Jesus, he says in Matthew chapter five, starting at verse three, he says, Blessed, happy, to be envied, and spiritually prosperous, with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of the outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble, who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, when you've coming to like a debt to self, debt to the world, as Paul talks about in Galatians. And these things that you used to live for, these things that used to own you and used to control you and manipulate you to serve them, even though they never brought the kind of satisfaction they promised, you're dead to it now. There's nothing wrong. You can enjoy this or enjoy that. 
but you don't live for it anymore. It doesn't own you anymore. It doesn't control you anymore. It doesn't dictate your attitudes and your, your, your sense of, of well-being anymore. You're dead to it. You see, the poor in spirit. For them, them is the kingdom of heaven. Look at this here, 2 Corinthians 8. Oh, how I love this little chapter, these first eight verses. I want you to, I want to make known to you, brethren, the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, yes, and their deep poverty abounded to the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. And not only as we hope, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and then by His will, by the will of God to us. You see, these people experienced the grace of God that despite that they had suffering, they were offering themselves to serve. Despite that they had poverty, they wanted to give. Despite that they had suffering, they had joy. They were poor in the natural, but rich in the heavenly. And I believe, friends, Let's not wait until the day that we lay off this body to enter in the reward of the great riches of glory that await all those that are loyal and faithful to Him unto death. But let us today begin to experience these glorious riches by, yes, being dead to the world and all of its allure and to not be enticed with it anymore to begin to live for, but to live for the kingdom of heaven. And yes, and then watch how God richly blesses us and how we can enjoy His favor and His blessings upon our life. In Proverbs chapter 23, Proverbs chapter 23, here it is. It says in verse four and five, do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Because of your own understanding ceases. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? Okay. If we live to just get rich in this world, the exchange is that we end up poor when it comes to the spirit realm. But if we trust God to bless the work of our hands and to bless God to provide and to prosper us, it isn't that we do nothing and sit back, no. God's prosperity does not come by us being lazy. That is not a characteristic that honors God, but that we honor Him by how we give a good day's work or serve or honor people that we're obligated to or responsible to. But it is God who begins to bless us. We don't live for the riches of the world, but the Lord freely gives them for us to enjoy and to be able to bless others with. I find it so essential that we don't allow our hearts to be enticed by the pleasures of this life and end up being deceived 
because the pleasures of this life can be so deceptive. Look what it says here in 1 Timothy 6, starting at verse 6. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is what's great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish, harmful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man and woman of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, and fight the good fight of faith and lay a hold of eternal life. Oh, friends, I don't want to come to the end of my journey and what I lived for was worthless. It was empty. It was just the passing things of this life. I didn't live for God. My heart is not wholly His. My heart is not wholly surrendered. I've never really come into that place where I'm dead to the world because I'm alive to God. I don't even know what it means. My father one time told me how he was standing by the bed of an old dear lady that had been in the church all along. And she had a tiny little bitty ring on her finger that really wasn't worth hardly anything. That ring wasn't a wedding band or anything like that. But she could not bear the thought of not having that anymore. She couldn't let go of it, so she fought for that little bitty ring. And I know we can appreciate things that are meaningful to us without letting them own us and control us. We can value things that, that have intrinsic value to us because of the meaning they've had in our lives without letting them control us. You really have to get to the place where Job was when he lost it all, that he said, the Lord gave it, the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You've got to be in such a place where your heart is sealed for heaven. Your heart is sealed for the love of God. And your true love is in God and not the passing things of this life. And when you then are faced with challenges in life and all of a sudden death comes calling to you, there's nothing in your heart that questions your Father's love for you. You're wholly given to Him. You're wholly committed to Him. You're wholly surrendered and you can gladly surrender all these earthly things to the other generations and enter into your heavenly reward. Be faithful unto death is what I'm talking about. Amen. Have a good day.